0: What's going on, Dialed fam? Happy Monday. This is Derek Teal. I'm the owner and operator of Dialed Health, which is strength training for cyclists. Today's episode is all about mental toughness. We're gonna talk about what it means to be mentally tough and how to stay motivated and consistent. I also want to get into the deep roots of motivation because although we're gonna really focus on riding and training or motivation in regards to that we want to go to the roots of it. Like, how do you develop this mental toughness if you don't have it already? And I'm excited because I think there's some actionable things that you can do to really clearly improve this area of your life. We're also going to talk about overcoming fears in riding technical terrain. This question was actually sent to me by at underscore kirkalicious underscore on Instagram. And he also said, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm holding, I'm being held back by my fear of hitting like an obstacle, like fear of just crashing. And so we're going to talk about, how to send it and kind of the realities behind that so it'll be a fun thing to discuss and kind of connect and uh, we're also going to go into a little business update really cool things going on inside the world of dialed health this week also a life update man i got back from downyville yesterday and i'll just i just gotta say my buddy had the worst run of all time (laughs) and we got to discuss this luck that he had one of the wildest crashes ever. I mean, you would just never think you could crash this way. So you're going to want to hear how, how he made it down. It was a freaking war for him. So uh, with that being said, we are going to jump into the episode. But my request for you, if you're enjoying the podcast, please go to your Apple podcast app. Leave me a five star review and a, and a comment. Just say, wow, Derek, your friend who almost died out there. Yeah, hilarious. That's all you guys need to write. Marcus, I'm sorry, this is completely at your expense. I didn't really tell you I'm talking about it on the podcast, but you know what? It's happening. And also, if you could take a screenshot of this podcast, post it on your story on Instagram and tag dialed health, that would be incredible. I will repost it. And uh, as always, I will love you forever. So let's get into the episode. Business update. Last week was awesome, you guys. Really exciting thing happened. Basically... I got connected with a YouTuber, Brian Kennedy, who runs BKXC. Uh, he has a huge YouTube channel, over like 300,000 subscribers. He has a great Instagram following, and he's also a really nice guy. It was funny because I can't remember how we met initially, some mountain bike thing a while ago, but we reconnected earlier this spring at an event, said hi, and then I ended up getting his number and reaching out to him like last week and just said, hey, man, I, you know, I just saw this video. Uh, Uh, It was really inspiring. I think we could do something similar. And he was totally down to come out. He only lives about an hour and a half away. So he came out, we made an awesome video all about off-season training. And what's cool about it is that it connects the new mobility program that I'm launching next month and how to kind of integrate some testing before you start your program to make sure that you're moving correctly. And also, like an uh, actual program that is totally catered to making you move better, it's the mobility program. So there a lot of yoga influence, but doing it in a way that is productive with your time, and it's something that you're going to be able to basically add on to your other programs. So really exciting and I was worried about getting all the right information out you know it's easy to think about it and conceptualize but when you're in the spot sometimes like in the moment you just will forget certain things and you stop filming you're like oh why did we miss that but honestly I did a great job preparing for it so by the time we got into it I don't feel like we we skipped a beat and it it totally helped that Brian is a pro man you could tell this guy has been doing this full-time for the last three years and he just he even integrated like his ad for a new sponsor and watching him do it was really cool because you could tell how intentional he was but at the same time how true he was to his brand to himself who he is and so it was a really cool experience for me and I just can't wait for the video to come out so December 9th it is happening and it's to this date gonna be the biggest platform that Dialed Health has been presented on. So I just can't wait to see what the impact is because now with the website up, I think that the value and the ability to, for people to like go to the next step, I guess, is there. And that's what gets me so freaking pumped. So also shout out to Brian just being such a cool guy before I had met him and just watched his vlogs, he reminds me of like Travis Pastrana. I've never met Travis Pastrana, but you could tell he's just such a quality, genuine guy who's nice and energetic. Like he just was excited about stuff and I love that energy. So I I think the video is going to be great. Check it out December 9th. I'll be blasting it like crazy leading up to that date, uh, all on my Instagram. So yeah, we'll see what happens with it. Um, Oh, I already dropped the mobility testing thing. That was on my notes. I'm looking at them right in front of me. <laughs> so little plug there. Uh, I guess one thing I have to do is call myself out real quick on the business thing because I was so excited last week. I recorded my podcast early, uploaded it the morning, early morning, uh, as soon as it was supposed to be uploaded on the day. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to you know, have them out the night before so you can wake up to them. That's still what I want to do, but it didn't happen this weekend. I'm going to explain why on the life update, but I went to Downeyville, last minute trip and I'm sorry that you're uh, suffering the wrath of that delay so anyways it's very funny too that that promise I didn't keep with myself is on this episode because that's a major thing that we're going to talk about in regards to motivation so giving you a little segue but I'm sorry it was a little bit late than I promised I'm sure most people didn't even notice but I said it and I got to address it so that's it man let's jump into the life update Well, howdy friggin' duty! This is Billy Bob from Downeyville giving you a heads up on this life update. You're going to hear about a dramatic run of the young man Marcus Simpson. He tried to make it down the classic Downeyville downhill in two hours for the next shuttle, and it just did not go his way. Take it away, Derek. Yo, Billy Bob. Thank you, my man. Guys, I met a new guy this week in Downeyville named Billy Bob. In fact, I think I saw a lot of Billy Bob's up there. It's actually, I'm not trying to poke fun at anybody. It's just, dude, it is a small town. I didn't have cell service, so it kind of bit me in the butt on the way out. Um, Wifey got a little angry with my lateness, but I can explain. Here's what happened. We get up there for the 9 a.m. shuttle. Our plan was to do the classic downhill, get back down for the 11, go back up, do a big boulder lap, and take our time and be on the road by 2 o'clock. So even as I say that, it's pretty ambitious. And long story short, I told my wife it'd be home at three, not even close. I didn't have service to tell her. It should have looked harder for wifi. That was my bad. But basically we try and do this two hour lap down the classic Downeyville downhill run. And our driver gets us up there super quick. And we just jump on the trail right away. And i was with my buddy marcus great rider and honestly i was like dude if we just we cruise down it's very doable you get back you just hop right back on the shuttle and we just can't really take any breaks and you know we can't really have any issues that would prevent us you know burn some time for us so basically that was the plan cruise down have a solid light get back on there now we ride the flow sunrise trail super fun we get to butcher fire road hit the corners and then we get to the creek crossing (laughs) And I go across the creek crossing, and I kind of pause on the next little ridge, uh, just to wait for my buddy Marcus, and all of a sudden, I hear a scream and a splash. (laughs) Now, these creek crossings just go across the fire road. They're pretty long. Like, they're probably solid 20 feet in width that you either manual across or ride slow through I guess uh, but even when I manual through it like I didn't quite make it to the end like it's a pole and he I mean it's not easy if you're going fast but you also come into it with speed so I get through it kind of wet but whatever and then I hear Marcus <laughs> big splash hear him yell and I'm kind of like "What is he just stoked on the water or like I don't know what happened basically a couple minutes go by, and I'm, like, turned around, like, waiting for him, and I see him coming up the trail, kind of limping, <laughs> soaking wet to the bone. Basically, he comes up, all freaked out. His seat was in his hand, <laughs> and it basically, he came up to the creek crossing, pulled up to manual, and he's like, man, I just pulled up way harder than normal, and my he was already kind of looping out, but his hand came off the bar as he was pulling <laughs> and he fully loops out falls on his back gets completely submerged in the water because it's like a foot deep maybe i'm not probably not much more it's probably a foot deep it's enough to if you laid on your back you would be covered (laughs) and he's got a camel back on we have a jacket like all this stuff flips back lands. It's crazy. Cause he's probably doing 20, 25 miles an hour. I'm just guessing. And his seat rips off his bike. He kind of smacks his elbow. So by the time he gets to me, it just looked like something crazy. He was just totally adrenaline pumping, freaked out. And, um, and just like in shock, literally. So I'm like laughing. He's okay. We put his seat, the nose of it back on the rails and then just zip tie all the way around it to keep it on the rails. But it's all cockeyed and bent, but it's there. Right. So I'm like, dude, you still want to try and make it. We burn like five or 10 minutes in this whole ordeal he's like yeah let's just roll well we go down and he's like dude i can barely ride i'm all i'm just all freaked out i'm tight i'm getting arm pump and so we get all the way down to basically first divide which is the last section and it's like the most pedally section and he literally turns a corner and his hub goes out (laughs) could you not and he's like well no i know what the problem is and it was actually able to fix it within like five minutes and as he gets back on his bike He realizes his back brake brakes rubbing a ton, but then his back brake is also not working. So his back brake basically goes out. So he went from not being able to pedal to not being able to stop. So he rides the whole remainder of this trail with no rear brake, which it's probably the easiest section to ride with no rear brake, but there's still some legit downhills. There's a lot of exposure. Like you just, you don't want to ride without a brake, especially when you're on a cliff. And that's what you are on a lot of that section. So it was just sketchy. And and believe it or not, we made it back. At 1104 and they were loading the shuttle and I was like oh my gosh dude if you had anywhere near of a normal run you would have made it with so much time to spare and it but by then it looked like he had gone through a war like the dude comes into town soaking wet there's like three different broken parts on this bike <laughs> bruised elbows swelling up and uh, I give props to Marcus because you know what man We didn't hit that 11, but had a little food, had a beer, ibuprofen. He dried his clothes a little bit, fixed his bike, and got back on the shuttle, and we had a great second lap. So um, Marcus, props, dude, and I thought you guys would enjoy that story because it was just, I've done that that quick turnaround multiple times up in Downyville and it's funny because I always thought man if you had something go wrong it really wouldn't be able to happen and guess what that was the experience so it's just how it goes and uh, that's it but also you know met some really cool people as we were waiting in between uh, just a couple from Vancouver actually yeah, which was great and it just was a reminder of how much I love the culture of mountain biking I never really enjoyed it when I was racing as much I was just like so focused on racing I think I was also trying to figure out who I was and, like, I don't know, you know, what I really thought was cool and not, whatever. So it's just now, like, I get to these places where you see all these people sitting back, having a beer by the river in their gear, and there's bikes around, and people are stoked, and it's just the energy is so good, man. So it's just another reason to be grateful for mountain biking and just very, very refreshing day out on the trails. I uh, got some cool videos. So check out the old Instagram story for that. And uh, also got some GoPro. So hopefully that came out. We'll check it though. But um, other than that, you guys, I had my anniversary dinner this weekend. I'm going to keep it short, but basically black cod filet mignon, this Earl Grey infused vodka cocktail unbelievable such a great dinner and it's a dinner like I usually have one or two of those a year maybe so just incredible fine dining with the wifey so happy three years baby I don't call her baby ever but um today you're baby baby okay I'm sure everybody loves that so anyways (laughs) let's talk about the real meat of the podcast mental toughness as I make kissy noises okay here we go We are officially in the bulk of the episode. This is why you're here, people, to talk about what it means to be mentally tough. In the most general sense, when I think of someone who's mentally tough, I think of them, I think of a person who is just calm, cool, and collected, but not someone who... Isn't doing anything and is calm, cool, and collected. It's easy to be like that when you have no problems or responsibilities. This is someone who is also very disciplined. So you have someone who is a go getter, who's disciplined, who can just handle tough situations as they arise without freaking out. And they're calm, cool, and collected throughout the process. That to me is someone who is mentally tough. If I had to visualize it and just explain it to you. So I'm, I'm curious if that kind of lines up with your sense of someone who's mentally tough, because I think your own perception is a big one on this. And so that is my vision. Now I'm like, okay, how do these people handle these situations so well? How do they get to a place uh, that they can just take on so much ish and just be cool through the whole process and not freak out. There's nothing more like immature and non-mentally tough than someone just blowing a gasket instantly. I mean, <laughs> that is just an obvious sign right there. So to have the opposite of that, what I really see with these people is like confidence. I think that they're confident enough to know that they can handle the situation and they're disciplined and smart enough to understand that blowing a gasket isn't going to happen. They need to take in the information. They need to actually process and evaluate it before deciding what the next step is. I think also in that process that they there's this internal confidence of them saying no matter what happens, like I'm going to be th- like there's a solution to this problem and if I don't know it now, I'll find a way. Those Thoughts and beliefs that someone can have bring this form of confidence that I ultimately brings that mental toughness and it's there's a lot of layers to it. But when we generally speak of it, I think it comes back to confidence. So it's like, okay, how do you build confidence? And this is something I've gotten from Ed Milet, who's a motivational speaker. Really cool dude. His podcast is great. And uh, his whole thing, Max Out, like Max Out Life, I love it. If you like motivating stuff, he's a good one to follow. But he basically says, the way you build confidence is by following through on things that you tell yourself. So every time that you do something that you said you were going to do, You're actually building self-confidence and self-trust that when you say you're going to do something, you're actually going to do it. There's so many little things that we tell ourselves throughout the day that they seem minor, but when you don't actually follow through with it, it's something that you want. Or even you're like, okay, you know, this is my month where I'm going to do this diet or, okay, I'm going to get to work an hour early and do this or that or whatever. I'm waking up at 5 a.m. or whatever it is the more often you blow it off, not only is it easier for you to do that, but you also lose your self-confidence because you're like, you know, what, I could say I can do it, but I'm probably not going to. But on the counter of that if you follow through with it now, it's like, oh shoot, well, this was minor, but I said I was going to do it. And there was a couple of days. It took some extra discipline to stick to my goal. But now I hit that goal and it's like, shoot, what can I do next? So my experience with this was really, there's been things in my life, but I think the most recent was following through with this diet I did earlier in the year because I noticed immediately the spiral effect that it had on the rest of my life. It was like the first time I did something that I didn't really have to do, but I was doing it really to better myself as a person and as a trainer. And I followed through with it and it was like along the way I started doing other things uh, or I guess nipping other things in the bud more like uh, adding and cutting out certain things in my life that I'd wanted to do for a while. And I didn't plan on even addressing those issues, but it's like, it just became so much easier after I had followed through and committed to myself with this diet. So that was a way that I saw it. And it was about the time I heard this message and I was like, gosh, that is so true. So in the most general sense, you guys, to be mentally tough. You need to build self-trust by following through on the little actions or the big actions that you tell yourself you're going to do. That is going to give yourself the confidence to know that you can handle situations. And also you're going to believe yourself when you say you're going to stick to a workout program or a diet or a training plan or whatever it may be, uh, because that's the direction we're going. We're going to talk about it more in specifics right now. In regards to your actual riding training, sticking to a plan is ultimately what you want to do. And you know that at this point, okay, if I stick to my plan, I have these small wins, like I'm going to actually do my workouts this week. I'm going to stick to my diet. That'll build confidence and ultimately that mental toughness I need to just kind of thrive in this state. But what if I don't have the motivation to like stay consistent or even start this whole process? I think that's a valid question and honestly the answer is you need to know your why this is a whole other topic that should be covered in a a separate episode but to cover it briefly basically your why of why you want to do something needs to outweigh any pain that you experience in the action of doing something like in the action of doing a workout that you don't want to do and you don't want to be there you can have a lot of discipline and use that in temporary spurts, but there's a point where it's gonna be like, "Well, I'm a disciplined person," but I don't even the The truth is, you probably just don't want it, and if you don't want it, it's either not a good fit for you or there's not a good why behind it. So it can't be a surface level thing. This has seriously got to be deep. For me, it comes back to my faith. It's because that I really I want to fulfill my potential that God has given me. It's like in a in the realest way. I feel like I am blessed to be a blessing like I I live a very very awesome life and sometimes I've thought why me like why am I able to live uh and have such A blessed life and the answer is because I need to be a blessing to others God's giving me these resources because he's trusting me to use them to make other people's lives better and I've been very fortunate to find a passionate outlet for that and I think that that's why I can work at my best is because I do have the passion but I ultimately know that this is like my purpose and so that's very deep, and it's it's very real, and I believe it with all of my heart. And so you need to find something like that, and like and it could be you know something like I want to feel like I have worth because maybe when you were younger you felt worthless and you saw an athlete at the time and they seemed like so valuable and so maybe that's your deep rooted why is cuz like wow well i wanted to answer this like weird deep rooted feeling in me of feeling worthless you know so like it's it's sorry that it took like a dark left turn for a second <laughs> but the ultimate truth is to find to to stay motivated or to even start is like you have to have a real why that's way beyond these surface level results or uh, aesthetics or to get a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever man to have abs on the beach that's just not going to last in the long run because when we talk consistently i'm not even talking about for this one Month or the training plan or the year or literally, I like we're talking about like the long haul, like the real long haul. Hopefully, (laughs) a lot more than five years because the the idea is that you get there and you stay there. Okay, it's a lot easier to stay there. It's getting there is the hard part. I I think that's the truth with health and fitness. It's not really kind of different than business. I think, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but once you get there, it's a lot easier to maintain and to get real started, the motivation you have to have the why. But now if we take it to a more surface level way uh, or th- way of thinking for consistency, there's a couple of things you have to do that won't <laughs> cause you to internalize so much, but what it is, is you have to be organized and you have to prioritize. So the organization is very real. You know it's like if you you could want as much as you as much as you can to do a workout in a day and this reminds me of uh okay you gotta turn (laughs) surprise me a saying my my grandpa said my mom would always say it and uh turn it down if you got kids in the car but basically you can wish in one hand and shit in the other and just see which one fills up faster (laughs) and it's so true so you know you could want to get your workout done all day, but guess what? If you didn't plan and you weren't organized enough to like look ahead into your schedule and do it at the right time or wake up extra early and get it done, then it's, it's probably not going to happen. So that's like, you have the best intentions, but you're not organized enough to follow it through. So remember sometimes like this scheduling things are all the changes people need. It's, it's not that you're motivated or you don't have time. It's that you didn't look a week ahead to that random Wednesday where you have to do your workout in the afternoon to get it done that day. So yeah, That is a very surface level step that you can do, but it takes real effort to really just sit back and look and stay organized. Now, once you do that, you'll have to prioritize your workout probably over something else. So I will say most people consider themselves busy, whatever that their perception of busy is. So I'm not saying that they're productive, but some people fill up their schedule with like pointless stuff but in their brain it makes them they have to do it and their schedule is full and now i'm busy and i don't have a chance to do this well it's not that you're too busy to do it it's just that you're not prioritizing your training over that tv show over the extra hour of sleep or over uh, you know, fill, insert your weird habit here <laughs> or val- very valid habit. I think people also are in the incredibly, incredibly busy. Um, and it's very, tr- it's funny. I'm getting this Ed Milett thing back in my head who we talked about earlier. He said, he's like, people talk about how they're so busy, but like compared to who, who are you? So like, who are you busier than like, who are you comparing yourself to that makes you feel like you're so busy? Why isn't everyone this busy? So it's very interesting, but it's good to think about because most people are going to have to feel like prioritize their workout or their eating or something over something else. So keep that in mind because it's not going to be as easy as just plugging it in. You're going to have to be like, wow, I guess I, you know, I'm going to just wake up earlier. (laughs) It's not fun for most people. Um, or I guess I'm going to have to miss this dinner to do this like ride because I got to train for this thing or I'm going to have to miss this brunch or whatever, you know? So that's the reality of the surface level changes you can make. They're not easy still, but they, are a lot more um, (laughs) topical is that the right term (laughs) you don't rub anything on yet well I don't think you do anyways um, (laughs) those are the find the why very important be organized and then prioritize now another thing you're gonna deal with in regards to staying consistent is training through injury now if you are someone who does any form of cycling You're probably going to be injured at one point, whether that's some crazy, like acute injury, it just happens and you get hit and you have a broken arm and now you're injured. Or it's like this, like this training injury where you get a tight IT band or you get plantar fasciitis or tennis elbow or something like that. Now training through an injury, I think is one of the biggest things that separates people who are ultimately successful because it's inevitable and the people who find what they can do and do it through that time build such resilience in the gym that they just are, they're going to always be in the gym. It's like, if you can train when you have a broken uh, leg or something like that, and you find what you can do and you are still there, you keep the habit fresh, you show up, you prioritize, you organize, you don't change all your life. Like when you stop showing up to your workouts because you're injured. Now it's like, you probably filled that time in with something else that you're going to have to readdress again. Now you probably aren't getting the endorphins that are helping the injury heal just by blood flow and the happiness and all the like physiological things <laughs> that help an injury actually heal. And so like, there's such a downward spiral when it's like injury. Now I can't work out. Now I don't work out. Now I pick up bad habits or i'm just totally off my groove so if you you can find what you can do and just stay with it here's the thing a lot of people have one injury and because they can't do everything i see this all the time i'm getting extra fired up about this people are like oh i literally broke my wrist and i can't train and i'm like no that's not true (laughs) that is so far from true i get take Take three days off. Take a week off if you had surgery. I understand there's precautions with uh, raising your blood pressure and there's precautions with too much blood flow and this and that. But no, false. You are wrong. You, You can train. You broke your wrist. And guess what? I see that as one little part of your body that you have to temporarily not work on you're gonna have to stick to your legs you might not be able to hold weight the same way there might be a lot more body weight you might be on the floor doing a lot more core exercises you might have to repeat exercises throughout the week because you're Library just got cut in half. You just don't have the options to do certain things and you don't have the variety. But you can fill up an entire week's worth of programming and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Stay consistent. There's a good chance you might even find a weakness that you never even had addressed that you can now work on. Like I've trained people. Dude, I trained my dad with a freaking... After Achilles surgery, they full on took apart his Achilles and reattached it and he came in and freaking trained. I've had clients, I have a client, he's been, had a broken leg and I've been kind of documenting his progress. Um, I have people who mess their backs up, blow their knees out and they come in and we figure it out and it's not super fun, but now it's like they got their training in through this injury and now it's like when you're healthy it's so much easier all of a sudden you're like wow you know like i am so stoked to go to the gym and not have these limitations it becomes like fun it becomes like a luxury which it is by the way if you're someone sitting there without any injuries and you're not getting in the gym just know there's someone in there blown to pieces still getting it done just wishing that they had your body that's sitting there in its chair and is unwilling to get up boom I'm like, oh, I get so fired up about this. Like, we have these bodies that are so capable and we're literally just like being lazy. Like, oh gosh, dude, I can't stand it. Like the, the thought, I can't imagine, honestly, this is a total rant, by the way. And this is not to make you feel bad about yourself. These are my honest thoughts. To be someone who is paralyzed or born with an ailment that prevents them from normal function, normal movement. And to see people who don't take advantage of their own movement and their own health, dude, like I almost get emotional talking about it because it, it just, it is uh, so unfortunate. It is so, so unfortunate. So bottom line training through an injury is something that is going to drill in these habits in such an uncomfortable way that when all that stuff is out, you know, with the injuries over, it's just going to be so much easier to get the job done. So, um, that is, I guess, just some reality for you, some motivation. And I, I train people through it. I personally have dealt with it. So I get this and it's as real as anyone who's ever gonna tell you this. So um, keep that in mind, man. Woo, I gotta get a little sip of water. I got fired up, got a little emotional, and uh, I don't know why. I just I feel so strongly about I guess what I just said. So, anyways, we have another thing to talk about, and that, my man, my woman, <laughs> his fears of technical terrain and just riding sketchy stuff. Okay, we're back. Had to take a little intermission there. Got some water, had to collect my thoughts and uh, remind myself to be calm, cool, and collected as I'm preaching on right now. (laughs) So anyways, uh, we're talking about fears of technical terrain. So this is along the lines of mental toughness in regards to writing because, dude, again, this is sketchy thing that we're doing it's dangerous there's real risks and whether you're mountain biking or you're road riding or you're doing any form of cycling I mean I guess it could be someone be genuinely nervous on the trainer you could if you have a hard session you're about to hit but I think in regards to crashing and getting uncomfortable just doing something on your bike that has nothing to do with like your actual fitness or anything it's just your literal skill on the bike and so here's the thing. Here's a way to do it. Like you can first look at, so imagine we're talking about a section of trail Oh, it has jumps, it has rocks, it has sketch steep sections, things that you're really not sure if you're going to make it down <laughs> or across or through or whatever. So the first thing you want to do is really look at it and imagine how it will feel. Can you compare this section on your trail or even a, a technical road or a speed you're gonna hit on your road bike can you compare this to anything that you've kind of felt before um, because I know riding mountain bikes trails especially it's like you'll get to a feature that you a lot of people do this they'll hit a drop or a rock and it just kind of pops up on them in the trail and then they stop and look at it and be like whoa that was like bigger than I thought I probably wouldn't have hit that if I knew what it really looked like that happens all the time so when you think about that and think about things you've ridden, and now you're looking at what you're about to ride, it's like, can you almost imagine how it's going to feel to hit the corner, go down the steep section to the drop, break for the next corner and then hit the jump? Like, can you kind of imagine that? So, uh, or just the rock guard in the line and like how you're going to have to get light here and like break here. So if you can imagine it, I think that's a good sign that you're probably ready for it. Like you really can't even imagine it. <laughs> you might want to just scale it back to the point where you can, because, uh, I think that's a, Clear sign, you have no idea about what's going to happen, <laughs> and you should be able to at least look at a section and be like, you know what, this is probably the way it's going to go. So if you can get by past that point, now you want to break it down like section by section or feature by feature, and so you kind of look at the one corner and you're like, okay, so like I could break, boom, hit the corner. <laughs> I made my sound effect, uh <laughs> hit the corner, and now I have to get light, and I'm going to land hard, and I'm I'm going to have to immediately get on my brakes for this next turn and then i'm gonna have to take two pedals before the jump and you think about okay i've hit a jump that size i've hit a section that steep i've hit a drop that big i've just never really tied it together this way i think when you hit that reality it's like okay cool you know like i actually could ride this section um and at at that point there is nothing to it but to do it you're gonna have to go full send on it jerry full send just freaking send it uh if you want to now you have this is what separates riders though, and it's why it's the sport that we do like rewards people who are willing to take these risks. I mean, okay, so like, there's a risk versus reward on everything, and I think with mountain biking, it's almost like risk equals reward <laughs> and same with other things, okay, I think about it with like uh fitness people taking steroids, they are risking their health for the reward of a successful career in the fitness industry because it's such a visual industry. Steroids help you get jacked and shredded, and it's almost impossible to get to these certain like like looks without steroids. It will. It is for sure impossible uh, with a lot of them. So it's like okay, now they're risking the fact that they're going to have like heart failure or, or, or whatever. And you know, that their little testes are going to shrink up in their uh, waistband and everything. But it's like, they're also the ones reaping the benefits from it. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I wouldn't do that. Cause it's not worth the risk. So either they want it way more than I do, or they're just kind of like able to shrug their shoulders and be like, whatever. And like, I can't really be mad at them about that. It's the same thing with riding. It's like, if you have someone that gets to those checkpoints, they're like, oh, I think I can do it. I can kind of imagine how it feels. I've sort of hit something like this. Then it's like, if they're the one who's just willing to drop in and try it fully knowing that they could crash and get hurt, you can't really be mad at them when they pull it off, which is probably going to be most of the time. Not all the time. Definitely not. But, you know, when someone pulls it off, it's like, wow, you know, like, they kind of deserve to feel to be a better writer now because they were willing to do what I wasn't willing to do. And so I think that also comes way back to your why. Why are you out there? What's what are you going to get out of the whole thing? So I guess risk equals reward. But when you go in risk versus reward, like I'll tell you, there are features I have said no to not because of the feature itself, but because of maybe like the exposure. You're like, dude, I could hit that jump, but that's on the edge of a cliff, <laughs> <laughs> and if literally anything goes wrong, I'm not going to slide out or go over the bars. I'm going to go off the cliff and die. Like, there's been multiple things like that where I'm like, ooh, that steep section, like, it's not that I don't think I could ride that, but it's 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 funny. It's usually, like, exposure that it comes down to, but it's like there's something else around it that's like, you know what? If it does go wrong, I'm probably going to hit that thing or I'm going to go off of that thing or this is like it's going to, it'd be way worse than it should, you know? So that's something that that's where the risk versus reward comes in. Um, but also, you know, just realize dude, like riders are separated because of the risk they're willing to take. And I think it's with that in all avenues, a lot of businesses are rewarded because they took a risk. No one was willing to, and they were able to actually make it happen or they get lucky. And, um, it's like, well, it can't really be mad because in hindsight, yeah, they did what they should have done, but like before they knew that they were the ones risking it and now they're reaping the rewards. So I don't think you should separate. It's not that different than just other things in life, like big wins. And yeah, if there's something that's really scaring you, like a jump, you have to understand, like, I am probably, I'm physically probably capable of this. If my skills aren't there yet, they're either there yet because I don't want them to be uh, I guess you wouldn't really want them to be, you want them to be, you're just, you're scared to try the next thing. And if you're scared to try the next thing, the why is not deep enough. I mean, I think there's just a lot of ways to look at it, but bottom line, evaluate it, really decide whether or not you're capable of doing it. And if you believe it is, you're going to have to just roll the dice. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I genuinely hope it adds value to your life. Now, if you have any requests or recommendations on kind of what you'd want to hear, reach out to me. You can contact me through my email on dialedhealth.com or you can go to my Instagram and shoot me a DM at dialedhealth. It's been awesome getting these ideas because they're really good, man. I'm I'm digging them. Someone says something, I'm like, oh my gosh, I do need to do an episode on that. And that's how like the last five have all been directed, just by people reaching out. So don't be shy. I want to know what you're interested in and i'll give you a little shout out in the beginning just like i did for our boy Kirk kirkalicious so also if you can go and leave me a five-star review little comment that'd be amazing or share this on your instagram story and tag dialed health it would be amazing. It's the only marketing that I'm actually doing for the show. And it's something I really uh, genuinely enjoy. I'm excited about getting some future guests on and just making this more and more of a priority. So uh, with this sharing, it just kind of ensures that that can happen. So thank you again. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you this Friday for a short 10 minute focused episode.